the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. It was kind of uh, foggy at my it house this morning. It was a bit foggy coming in. How about and, you? And, and misty, was it not? It was. Not, no. It was. Uh, it wasn't really misty at my house. And I know that because I have brand new windshield wipers and I didn't have to turn them on. So. Oh, I had I had to turn on I had my to put old them on windshield a wipers. Wanted everybody to know that you uh, are a good Samaritan, a good citizen, and put on new wipers for the winter season for the rain. No, I just put them on because I couldn't see anymore. That's a good reason too. That's <laughs> so this wasn't a uh, every year at this time. You no. Could, oh, okay. All right. Spring forward, fall back. Is that this weekend? Yes. No. No. There's no, it's next, next week. It's next weekend. Okay. It's next weekend. So I won't Daylight mention it today. next weekend. But it was drizzling <laughs> at my house, and it mutes the noise of the cars cruising on Campo Road when it's, when it's foggy and drizzly, in case you were wondering. It does happen. I, I, I keep trying to figure that out at, at our house, too, because sometimes, depending on the weather, you can really hear the traffic on the 15 at our house, and then sometimes you can't hear it at all. And I, I think it is the it's the cooler. Well, it's probably during traffic times when they're going heavier. so slow. When there's you cars on the road, <laughs> you can't hear it. It's only when there's no traffic and yeah. people are flying down the highway. But with the weather cooling off like that and being somewhat damp, you can keep your sprinklers off for a little bit longer. You know, funny you say that. Last evening, I turned on the sprinkler under one of my avocado trees for a little while because it. We didn't really get a full rain last week, and I didn't give them extra water. And it's been a warm, a very warm week, although the temperatures are supposed to be lower today and Milder. lower for the week. Right. Milder. Well, I, I did the same thing. I mean, you just said you turned on one. I went out yesterday and, and manually turned on each of the main valves for some of the trees because I didn't think they were getting enough water from that last rain. So let them run for a good We're simpatico. We are. We're, we're like-minded. Thinking, thinking the same thing. It scares me. <laughs> it should <laughs> be afraid, be very, very afraid. Uh, let's see, we got garden classes today in both of the stores in San Diego at nine o'clock. It's going to be dormant spring with Tyler. Tyler, Tyler Trimble from <laughs> San Diego. Is it San Diego tree? What, uh, what's it? Backyard, backyard, orchard, 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 backyard, San Diego, backyard, backyard orchard, San Diego. Yeah. Uh, Give or take. So that should be a very popular class. I would get there a little bit early to get a parking space. Uh, and a seat. And in Poway at 9.30, it's going to be fall and winter fruit tree care with Richard Wright. Again, a very popular class, so get there get there early to get a good seat. Um, parking's not nearly as bad in San Diego, but very in Poway as it is in San Diego. Segway. My, my segue yeah. for Tyler coming up? What, what's? You well, know, that would be the, yeah, no, but yes, go with well, that you know, uh, Tyler, did Tyler used to work for us yes, years ago? Yes, at the other store. Right, so, but uh, Tyler's actually going to be up at our store next week uh, in Poway. And he's going to be doing a compost class, uh, all about composting, including uh, worm, cast, worm composting as well as uh, hot composting, tumblers, etc. No, I thought you were going to say if they had interest in fruit trees about the special upcoming event. Oh, I Walter was going to Anderson do that as well, but that's like another whole 
that's a different segue. Because yeah, yeah, it's one of our Wednesday wisdoms. I thought we would get to that. Oh, okay, we'll yeah. do that later. Never mind. Please continue, Mr. Anderson. Uh, next Saturday, also in uh, San Diego, it's going to be fall fall planting bed preparation with Jim. So if you want now is a good time to uh, if you have bedding areas to start. Or vegetable bedding or areas. Or vegetable bedding areas. To Just to let get e- things ready to go. Everybody know that the seed potatoes have shipped. They have not yet arrived, but we're expecting them the middle of next week. So they should be out for the weekend. 18 varieties of seed potatoes. That's so a lot of potatoes. Several hundred pounds. Many. Many hundred pounds. Many hundred pounds. And so they will be in both stores for the weekend. And the sweet onion starts the middle of... Of this coming month, November, those will be in both stores, four varieties of short day onions. I was going to say, are those going to be short day onions? Yes, they are. And are we allowed to call them short day onions, or are they day-challenged onions, or we just leave it alone? (laughs) Just leave it alone. Let's leave it alone. Thank you. Leave it alone. Uh, I'm good at that. What else we got on the notes here? Um, We already mentioned daylight savings time. Weather's cooling off. Well, he mentioned it, then he took it back. He said, I'm not going to mention it. Oh, that's true. You did. But you were going to mention it. (laughs) We were. I cut you off at the past. But we should have a a dry week this week with moderating temperatures. And there is uh, a couple of chances for change in the weather as the onshore flow comes in and cools down. But they're thinking the rain's going to stay to the north in the middle of the week and at the end of the week. So Uh, I saw that Mammoth Mountain opened yesterday. How much snow did they get from this last storm? I, a lot. I mean, enough to open two or three weeks early. So, um, and, and Lake and Lake Tahoe's open too. And Lake Tahoe is spilling. Yeah, in, into the Truckee River. And I saw was it Oroville that I told you went up twenty five feet last week? Something like that. One, yeah. one of the lakes got so much water, so much runoff. It it the the lake level rose twenty five plus feet. In just a few days, that that's is, a lot of wow, rain. That's a lot of rain. That, that is a lot of water. It's a big watershed area. Amount of water. You know, I, I was thinking about that. We have all seen pictures of Mission Valley being full of water from side to side, and all it takes is a slight navigational error of the jet stream moving it a few hundred miles south, and that rain comes through here. You yeah, know, it's, it doesn't it's take a, much. Doesn't take much. It, it, it'll happen again. You know they say the they say the watershed for Lake Hodges is so big that one big storm will push it over the dam. It'll it, fill the whole thing because the watershed for Hodges goes all the way out to Vulcan Mountain now. Yeah, Julian. Yep. It's a it's a huge watershed for that lake. So it is pretty pretty amazing. Now that the weather's starting to cool off, we're starting to get more and more fall color. And I saw pansies are starting to pansies are starting to show up in large numbers. I'm assuming that there's Stocks and snapdragons out there as They're well. Pansies. Yeah. Loyola's stock snaps, beautiful mums. That red and yellow mum. That's it's, popular. It's People kind are... of in the color scheme of ketchup and mustard rose. Is I think a striking. It is mum. very popular. A lot of people are grabbing them. And it does seem to come back, like most mums do here. Um, so you can plant it. It's a perennial, and you cut it back, it'll bloom couple of times, two or three times a year. If you keep cutting it back, otherwise, cut, don't cut it back, and it'll bloom once a, once a year. It'll still come back. It just won't look as pretty. Correct. Now, you brought back pictures of a beautiful mum. Yeah, that was a – Mel and I were in North Carolina last week um, visiting, our, visiting our first grandchild, and uh, we went to the Sarah Duke – Botanical Memorial Botanical Garden on the which is on the campus of Duke University, um, beautiful botanical garden. But throughout the garden, they had they had containers of mums scattered around, and I showed you that picture of that giant one, uh, that big red pom pom yes mum, and they had some other varieties too. That one was one of the more striking ones. You know, if I had been paying more attention to your story when you told me it was in the botanical garden, I'd forgotten that part. I would not have admonished you for not stealing a piece of it. Now that it's in a botanical garden, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you did not. You well, did but if it was in somebody's front yard, it was okay? Is yes, that where you were? <laughs> totally okay. <laughs> you know, okay. what surprised me is we were going, as we were wandering through the gardens, and, and if, you're ever in, if you ever are in the Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina, I would highly recommend going to see the gardens. It, it, 
the admission is free and they are they it is spectacular as is the entire campus of duke university um but the gar- the gardens are the gardens are amazing but they had big stands of fruiting bananas mature fruiting bananas back there which really surprised me because i didn't i didn't think they would take that kind of cold so i don't know if they protect them in the winter time or what but these were these were not grown in containers these were in the ground large patches of them is it possible that they die down every year and then grow that I fast in the warm? i can't imagine that they could they could do, come up that, that, they could do that maybe they do i don't know but i was i was really surprised to see um to see that many bananas growing did you see Why any we... fruit bunches? Oh, go ahead. No, I didn't see any fruit on them. Okay. Um, but I also they also they also had um, a number of different gingers growing around, which I could see ginger dying back and then coming back from the from the rhizome. But um, I was surprised at how many what you would think of, what you'd normally think of as subtropical plants they had growing in the botanical garden. It just out, in, in, unpro- un, in unprotected areas. I think we should go go together, get on a plane. Go there, and then we can ask all these questions to the curators and folks that are working there. And it would be a business and expense? It would be a business expense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably for the IRS, but probably not for reimbursement from the company. I'll right. check. Yeah, I know a do. couple of people, but I'll look <laughs> into it. But it was a – it was – it's a it's a really neat garden. They And they have it broken up into – they have it broken up into a big section of – Native plants, plants that are native to North Carolina, and then they had a huge Asiatic garden, which had a lot of um, had a lot of Asian motif to it. Um, That's where the bridge, the picture the bridge, you showed me of the yeah, bridge. That the, is... bri- the, the bridge, the bridge goes from the Asiatic garden over to I can't remember the other what's on the other side. And they have a big rose garden, uh, a big herb garden. Uh, it was it was it was very interesting. It's a really it's a, it's a really pretty garden. But yeah, that bridge is pretty pretty spectacular and the the vertical pines or evergreens around it looked just amazing the way it was all set mm-hmm. up over the the river was beautiful. the lake lake the lake looked yeah. like a river yeah it's a it's a it's a lake a body of water it of looked like sort. a body of water an elongated one it looked longer than it was wide which it is was. why i was thinking it was river rather than lake but it's it's, a, they had some really they had some really interesting conifers they had a they had a few um, big dawn redwoods back there. I saw some regular redwoods um, growing back there as well in some of the conifer gardens. About how big were those dawn redwoods? Can you can you guesstimate? I'm going to say somewhere around 30 feet. And they, we have that one in the, by the miniature trains. railway that we've been keeping cut down to what five or six feet for Something like 20 that. years. Yeah. Yeah, they now they it's a it, it's gorgeous a, tree. It's a beautiful tree when they when they're just let go like that. And for those of you who are not familiar, this is normally your your line, George. Uh, Meta sequoia looks like our coast redwood, but it is a an ancestor, and it is deciduous. It will drop all those needles, but it has the longer, softer needles of the coast redwood, um, and does very well here. But it'll get enormous. Well, we've lost one, didn't we? Have one out in the parking lot. No, that was a. Those were coast redwoods. Those were regular coast redwoods. You know, that's not a bad idea. Putting some dawn redwoods. A dawn redwood. Yeah, they do very well. The coast redwood is not so inclined to enjoy our hot, dry summers. Yeah, I had sure. some. I had, I had three or four in my front yard when, when we built the house, and they did okay for the first for a few years. But when once they once they get up to some size. I just don't think there's enough. I just don't think it's humid enough for them. They they don't get enough water. I was talking to somebody years ago about putting misters up and down the trunk of the tree, mm-hmm. so you could run one of those patio cooling misting lines into your. I, I did that on a redwood. I think it was a Monterey or, or a pine that I I picked up when I was in the Central Valley, and it said that it was it was for the coast. It wouldn't do well inland. So I, any, I, I liked it. I used it as a Christmas tree. Then I stuck it in the ground, and I put drip irrigation misters up into the top while it was only about seven feet tall. And the tree lasted for 20 years, and then it, I lost it. But it lasted for 20 years, and every year I would move the misters up because the tree grew. It was probably about 25 feet when it died. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it worked. Apparently it worked. For, Short-lived. For, for a while. For so it's a, a while. good idea. You know, you're an optimist. 
I am. Because the pessimist would have said it didn't work. It died after 20 years. But the optimist, it worked. You did it. It worked for 20 years. Now you I said it know. wouldn't work. Now so. I want to know what kind of pine it was. I'll have to look it up. Okay. I have a have it somewhere. Excellent. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Almond. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady is still on assignment. I'm hoping he'll be able to return soon. Uh, what were we talking about before? we All kinds Met of the things. Sequoia glyptostroboides, don't you know? That's right. <laughs> That's Don right. Redwood? Yes, sir. Just for those who you know, may not have caught what you said. I don't. Did I say metasequoia glyptostroboides before? No. And I can't say it again, apparently. I just... <laughs> It's something weird to it. Okay, sorry. Uh, one of the other places that we went to when we were when we were back there in Durham was the Duke family homestead, which is now a state park. And the Duke family is Washington Duke, um, who also started, uh, who funded Duke University, but he also started the uh, American Tobacco Company, and it and at the on the on the grounds of the homestead, they have a tobacco museum that covers the whole history of the tobacco industry, and it's it's a pretty fascinating, pretty fascinating industry how they how it all developed and um, and came about. It, it was it was very interesting, and they and also on the on the grounds of the homestead, they have a they have a small field of tobacco planted. It's a big plant. I mean, it gets six to seven feet tall. Has beautiful um, pink and white tubular flower on them. I didn't. You know, one thing I didn't see a lot of when I was when I was back there around around plants that were in bloom. Didn't see a lot of honeybees, but man, they got a lot of bumblebees back there. They've got big bumblebees, and they were all over the they were all over the tobacco plants um, on the home um, at the homestead. Was a it was very interesting. Is that an annual crop? Is or is it? It's a thirteen month crop. Is what what they say from the time that you plant it until the time that it until the time you you sell it. It takes about thirteen months to to process the whole thing. But it was a it was very interesting. I'm told it's, it's a, bad for you. It is, you know, and and I'm not gonna not gonna make light of that yeah. by any means. But, but it's a, it is a handsome plant. Oh, same it's a beautiful family plant. as your tomatoes and peppers and eggplant. Same same, yeah. same family as the uh, nicotianas that you grow in your bedding, garden. right? That you yep. grow in your garden. Which you and I were talking about that, and I don't remember seeing any this don't, year. Don't I, see as much of it as we used. No, to. it used to be pre- nicotiana used to be pretty pretty popular, but you, it's um not it's one of those one, one of those plants that's just kind of faded in popularity. Deadly nightshade family. We'll, yeah. we'll give George a homework assignment. Could you look into why that is, George? Yeah, and I'll do report that. back next Get week. Get that to you. The other thing that was that was interesting, we went to the um, the museum. Was it Muse- your story? The North, the North Carolina. I think it's the North Carolina Museum of History or Natural History. I can't remember which. It's it's a big it's a big natural history museum in downtown raleigh and again it's it, it's huge it's pro i would say it's probably three times the size of our natural history museum and it's free free to get in uh, but they go through they have one section that goes through all of the plants 
all of the plants and animals that are indigenous to North Carolina. And one thing I didn't realize is a very large number of carnivorous plants are indigenous to North Carolina, yeah. including Venus flytraps, which yep. I did not know that. But there's a section section of coastal North Carolina that is uh, the home for Venus flytraps. And there again, that's another one I would have thought that it would have been too cold for them to for them to do well back there. But apparently they do well back there. And do they go dormant back there? I'm, a, well? I'm assuming they do. They must. They must. Um, but anyway, that means... I would think that, they do if ours do. And ours are... It's much warmer here in our winter. Yeah. But the uh, pitcher plants, um, sundews, um, all that stuff is, is native to um, North I, Carolina. I did once, many, many moons ago, run into pitcher plants at Gold Bluffs State Beach up in north north california i almost said north carolina but in way up northern Cali- northern california we have pitcher plants that are native up there too i did not know that they were around the moose moose elk around the elk hmm very interesting but yeah north carolina is a, it's a it's a beautiful state if you ever have a chance to go and visit i would uh i would i would highly recommend it it's a it's a it's a very very pretty place, and a lot of and you can visit, a lot of trees. You can visit your friends because so many people are leaving California to <laughs> North Carolina. Ah, <laughs> uh, if visit you visit my daughter, if you want to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. George, you had an interesting Halloween related post on Wednesday Wisdom this week: the nine scary plants to get you into the Halloween spirit. Yeah, I didn't realize there were such. Well, I don't know if scary is the word, but kind of I would use the word gross. There's some. I, I didn't. Realize yeah, some. Was... Yeah, the 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 brain cactus was interesting. Yep. Um, Venus flytraps. I wouldn't call it scary. But, uh, it would you, be you know, if you were a fly I, in the middle. No, you of would it. you would be if you were a seven year old. There's a young man yesterday, and I was helping him look at some carnivorous plants with his dad, and. He liked. We didn't have any Venus flytraps. We had some other uh, carnivorous plants. But when he saw the photograph of it, he liked those because they have teeth. Ah, and so no. he said that's how they eat the plants. I mean, how they eat the insects because they have these teeth. So, so it could be scary if you're a young man, a young child. Oh, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, there was one plant in there, or well, there's a couple that I didn't recognize. One of them was white ghost, Monotropa uniflora. I, yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> that's exactly the plant. That, and that's what, that's and that's what, what they sound sounds. like. It <laughs> sounds just like that. When the wind blows through it, or is it just that's the sound it that's makes? That's the sound it makes when you that get would close be scary. to it. I had scary. that prepared so long. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that I, I didn't know was called doll's eyes. Yeah, that was a weird one. That's a scary looking plant. It, the it, Little white berries with a black dot on it that looks like an eye. It does. Agreed. Although the bleeding tooth fungus, I thought was pretty. Yeah, pretty that, gross. That almost, too. It looks like a cottony cushy scale almost. Yeah. So if somebody wants to see these horrific-looking plants, where do they go? Well, our, and uh, well, you can go. You can go our to Facebook our Facebook page. page, the Garden Talk Radio Facebook page. It says here the bleeding tooth fungus, uh, startling-looking fungus oozes fake blood through minute pores. The red goo is actually a result of a process called gutitation that forces water into the roots during osmosis. Um, spooky site is found mostly in the Pacific Northwest and Europe, living peaceably in symbiosis with conifers. That's so sweet. They get along. It's, they get along well with their conifer. Then um, the cobra plant, Darlingtonia californica. I never one of the um, one of the carnivorous plants. Yeah, it looks it. It looks like a it, it's a it's a California pitcher plant. Maybe that's the one yeah. you were speaking of, David. Yeah, probably native to Northern California, Northern California Southern, Southern Oregon. Oregon. So you you were right this time again. <laughs> oh, shall we tell the butterfly story, George? We've we've done that several okay. times. Well, I think uh, well we only done. did it once. Well done. Thank you. And then the other one that you may have the opportunity to see is the corpse flower, the corpse plant. <sighs> Any day now. Yeah, it it should be. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna be blooming on Monday. Well, but I well, think I have the live too. cam open right now, and I am looking at it with the infrared, dark, black and white picture, and, and it is not open yet, and I can't smell it from here either. Okay. So, which is probably well, so, why it's better to look at it on the on the on the internet. On the internet, yeah. I, that, that's at the that's at the San Diego Botanical Garden, um, and I believe they are not taking walk in 
taking walk-ins. You, only, you have thought. to take. I think you have to make reservations online. But I'll bet it. if we ask that question aloud, we will get an answer. I bet. I just I feel as though an answer will come to us if we just talk about it for a minute. I, that's what I think. But I guess we could also det- uh, know that the Amorphophallus titanum is on its own schedule. It is. It, you do not make its blooming schedule. It does it when it wants to. But I believe, and it's not told- seasonal either. It's not like other trees where it flowers every spring or something. It's when it feels like it, when it gets around to yeah. it. And they have a another one in the bullpen, or in the. I don't think I can say that they uh, have another one waiting. Correct. They do, and I, it's actually if if this picture is what I believe it is, there's one off in the distance waiting as well, just a little bit smaller. Waiting in the wings. In the wings. The if, understudy. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go down to Otay Mesa where Bob is waiting. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Uh, good morning. I don't know if you guys ever found out that uh, pocket guide for butterflies. They, we we just ahead, placed George. an order yesterday. And so, so they'll be coming into the, Sandy, uh, the Poway store in probably two weeks. Yes, probably two weeks. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering if you came up with anything or not. We did. Finally, and so probably they will arrive at the beginning of the following week, the second week of November. Not not this week, but the next week. I got you. Okay, that's all I wanted to ask you about. Okay, thanks for the call, Bob. Have a great weekend. Hey, goodbye. Okay, take care. Well, thank goodness you finalized that order. Yes, for a second, yeah, before yes. he called. yes. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Um, I did, when I was walking around out in the bedding plant section yesterday, I did notice that we have, it was a, we have a lot of strawberries in right now. Um, nice, big plants, well, too. Since, since we're generally not getting the bare root ones anymore, we have upped the, the availability of the planted ones has increased, and so we always have them now. It seems like it's a year. Happen. It's a rare. It's a year. It's a year-round crop. Um, oh, another interesting thing when we were back in when we were back in North Carolina, the last night that we were there, we walked from our hotel down to our to a restaurant that we frequent when we're there, and we were sitting at the bar talking. And they have one of the best stock bars of any restaurant that I've ever been in. And I looked up on the shelf, and they had a they had a liqueur up there called Cynar, C Y N A R. And I had never heard of it. I I had heard of it, for, but I for had, good reason had, had heard of it, but I really had wasn't familiar with it at all. And we started talking to the bartender about it, and it's a liqueur, an aperitif that is derived from artichokes, which just the sound. I I love artichokes. I mean, I I I I think they're great, but <laughs> making a liquor out of it just did not sound appealing at all. So we were talking to uh, Taylor, the bartender, and um, she was giving us some background on it. Apparently, it's a it's an Italian it's an Italian liqueur, and she actually gave us some to try. And I was surprised it didn't th- it did not taste like artichoke at all. Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> but it was yeah, it, it's yeah. it's it's interest it's it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting beverage. Well, uh, it's interesting how so many cultures have made alcohol out of so many different things, all kinds across of stuff. the globe. Yeah, figs. Yeah. Yes, junipers, well, right? Yeah, that was another thing that uh, that appears to be uh, becoming a thing now is craft gin. There's so many different varieties of gin out there now, and some and some of them have the traditional gin flavor, where uh, that juniper berry uh, herbaceous flavor, and some of them don't. Um, there was one that they had that was a barrel aged gin that actually tasted more like caramel. It was a uh, it was quite interesting, but they had quite a they had quite a few different varieties on the on the shelf as well. Some interesting stuff. What? I'm <laughs> just thinking. Sometimes, okay. How many times growing up did you hear uh, "think before you speak"? I don't know. Well, you probably heard it more than us. <laughs> I've heard it a lot, and so I'm just smiling because your stories about the well. I'm going back to the artichoke, which I was thinking is the the beat artichokes you don't I, I, like them well they're just so much work i like artichoke we've talked about this i think i, I like artichoke hearts yeah, a great deal put them in a yeah. bunch of stuff and regular yeah 
Then it's you don't too taste much work. artichoke. Right. It's too much work. And if you're eating the regular artichoke, you're just eating butter anyway. And we're gonna, you know what? We're gonna have to continue this conversation after the break. Oh no! <laughs> if you want to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're gonna be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Let it break, let it break, let your love break down. Let it break, let it break, let your love break back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about artichokes, artichokes, but we have something much more important. We'll get back to, we'll artichoke get back to artichoke artichoke. Speaking of, of smelly plants. Or? Smelly plants. Halloween plants. Scary you know, it's plants. holding out. It's holding out for Halloween. Ooh, good point. Could be. Maybe tomorrow. On its time. On its time. We're going to go up to uh, Encinitas, where John is waiting for the at the San, San Diego Botanical Garden. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing well, Ken. How are you? I'm doing well. Do you have an update on your uh, flower for us? Yes. This plant has been very unpredictable. And so uh, I thought it was going to bloom last weekend. And we had a lot of dark skies. And uh, it was cooler than normal, even though we have a conservatory it's not as hot as it is in Sumatra, and <laughs> it slowed down. And though yesterday when I was looking at it, it appeared that the outer sheath was drying and about to fall off. And so the way it typically works, typically, because, of course, there are only about 100 of these plants in the country. I, I don't think people realize how rare these are. That's why I'm shocked there's one at Walter Anderson's Nursery in Poway. But they are very rare, and there have only been about 100 blooms in this century. And so it is a big deal, and so we're very excited about it. And uh, when that sheath falls off, we have about 24 hours for it to begin to open and uh, start its process. And that's only about a two-day process. So you're thinking with within the next couple within the next couple of days that it's going to be in the next beautiful. couple of days. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday, uh, and uh, there is the corpse cam uh, there on the uh, conservatory website, and you can watch it. The first evening that that thing opens, we're going to cut into the side and see if the female flowers are re- receptive and sticky, and if they are, we're going to pollinate it. And we've gotten some pollen from the Huntington, and maybe we'll have babies. So that that's kind of exciting, too. Oh, very cool. Well, you know, John, when, when Ken introduced you, he said you're at the Botanical Garden. So I'm looking at the live cam right now. Can you wave to us? Uh, well, I'm not actually there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, come on. Uh, I was hopeful. You called him out. Well, yeah, so this really is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, for instance, for me as a horticulturist. To have the opportunity to perhaps pollinate one of these and have it bear seed. This is, in a career, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing frequently, so I'm excited about it. It's really neat. Congratulations. I don't know if you guys can hear it or not, but the studios are haunted, and there's somebody walking down the hallway with a ball and chain or something. (laughs) Can you hear that? (laughs) I don't hear it. Oh, you're Thankfully, you're, good, you're lucky. Good. You're lucky. Okay. Oh, they're, uh, they're omnidirectional mics, so they can't hear sound like Goodness. sideways stuff. So. Uh, quick question for you, John: yeah. Um, yeah. Is admission to the park only by reservation at this point in time? 
I do not know for sure. Uh, there was there was talk about that because we think it'll be very very busy, and we will be open once the flower is open. We'll stay open into the evening. We have lighting in the conservatory, and so we will be open so people can come in after hours after work. And uh, but I can send you an update on that. But uh, yeah, we think it'll be very busy. And one other thing, you have another one in the waiting in the wings, correct? That's going to bloom we have this year. One yeah, I think it'll bloom within a couple of months. We And we also have a third. So we, we have a, a triad of them. Very cool. Very cool. John, thank you very much for giving us an update. Yeah, thanks. And and if you, you all need to see the thing, and you can't get a ticket, I know somebody. Okay. All right. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you very Let much, John. Go. Thanks, John. All have right. a great we'll weekend. You later. Okay, all take right. care. I, I didn't want to brag since he has three, but... Walter Anderson Nursery in Poway at this moment in time still has three. Still? Yes, there wasn't safe room on the truck to to take it down on Thursday. So it'll go down to San Diego. We'll have one on Monday. Not blooming, but a beautiful plant nevertheless. It is a pretty spectacular plant. It is a gorgeous plant. Spectacular plant. And to think that it... You know, it grows from a tuber, which it's a pretty good-sized tuber, but the size of the plant that comes off of the tuber... It's is remarkable. Amazing, is, it is remarkable. Uh, it it it's huge. Uh, if you haven't seen the one that's in Poway, it's it's probably what twelve feet tall. Yes, and the diameter of the stem is probably four four to six inches, somewhere in that neighbor, somewhere in that range. Beautiful, beautiful, glossy green trunk with darker margins or to something. It. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a beautiful plant. And when people come in, many people don't notice it at first because there's just a stick. A branch sticking up, and then they realize they see the leaves up the in the canopy skylight, at the top, right? And then come down and look at the the stock, and it is it's an amazing plant, whether it's blooming or not. But it's extra amazing when it blooms on its time. I'm going with tomorrow on Halloween. I know he said maybe Monday, but I'm it's a Halloween bloomer. You can sense that. I can I can sense it. Scent. Oh, that? it's still going to be pretty pretty interesting to see, even if it's not fully open. So definitely. So do you want to go back to artichokes? No, nah, I, th- I think we've, I think we've, covered, so I think we've covered that. Okay. Um, what did I want to talk about? Okay, you don't want to talk about nothing, but you want to talk about something? Oh, I had a um, popped up on the Scripps Ranch information page the other day. Um, somebody had posted a picture of their tree in their front yard that appeared to have appeared to have passed away it was a fairly good sized podocarpus tree and looking at the looking at the photos um it looked like artificial turf had been installed underneath the tree huh what and did that do that usually is the kiss of death for trees if they don't have <laughs> some kind of irrigation system to supplement it because a, a, a lawn tree gets most of its water from the lawn and when you take away the lawn and the irrigation for the lawn, you take away the you take away the water for the tree. But then they showed they posted another picture of it, and it was from farther back. And yet, yeah, indeed, it was artificial turf that was that was surrounding the tree. But on top of the artificial turf, they had put a they had put a ring of um, wall blocks about four to six inches tall around the base of the tree. And then they filled that with dirt. So they mounted four to six inches of dirt up against the trunk of the tree on top of the on top of the uh, two things it didn't like. Two things, two it things didn't like. right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you you don't want to. The only the only plant that I can think of that you that you that wants to be or can stand to be buried deeper um, than it's grown in the pot are tomatoes and but, potatoes and potatoes potatoes yeah. as well, but. Other than that, you don't want to bury the root ball. You don't want to bury the root ball in the ground. You want the root ball to be in the ground, but you want the top of the root ball to be even or even slightly above the surrounding grade. I, I, that's one of the first things I, I when I began working there that David taught, uh, because we'd have customers come in regularly with a 5-gallon or 15-gallon bucket with their tree that's dead. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, it was doing really well. And, and David would look and see that they piled dirt you know, a third of the yeah. way up the trunk. And it just killed the tree in that manner. Yeah, it, what happens is that that the moisture in the soil rots away the cambium layer, the outer layer of bark on the tree, and or the bush, whatever it happens to be, and 
that takes away the vascular system that supplies food and water to the to the foliage. The the only thing that might be helping it in this instance is that it's getting no water. So while mm-hmm. the dirt is there smothering it, it's not, it's not rotting moist, it. <laughs> so it's not rotting it. So that, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. might that might be a sa- not a saving grace, but less. Yeah, but looking at the problem. looking at the tree, I, there was there. I didn't see a I didn't see a single green leaf on it. You know, so, so much of what happens or goes wrong in the garden is caused by water, and this nobody would ever think about the water, but the artificial lawn or the artificial turf totally changed the the environment the watershed of the yard oh yeah people are all trying to conserve water and this is part of it and then they switch over to their drip systems and that's part of it and everybody's doing their part but you have to to follow through with that drip system i I, how many times have we countless countless times and it will continue because people once they hook up their new drip system want to water for the same time and it's not going to be near enough water coming out into in a drip fashion and so one suggests that they increase the time, and so you're watering now for five minutes, so you think I should increase it? That'll help? Yes, it probably will. So do you want me to make seven it ten minutes? minutes? No, yes. you actually hear like seven, yes. eight? Yes, and it's uh, gallons per hour. So a, a one-gallon-an-hour dripper is going to put out approximately how much? Uh, roughly a gallon. In what period of time? Roughly 60 minutes. So after running for an hour. You get a gallon. You get a gallon of water, which yeah. on an established tree is nothing. Right on here. a brand new little perennial, if the dripper's going right in, that's more than enough. But on established trees and shrubs, their root systems go far and, and wide, wide and deep. Right. And so the, the, the drippers or whatever sprinkler system or hose you are using needs to be on long enough to run water to all those roots. Don't have to do it every day, especially if you do it the, the right way. Which is but deep and wide. It needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's I would say ninety nine ninety nine point five percent of the problems that we see with plants, if it's not bug related, it's it's a water issue. Right. And I can see my dad right now rolling his eyes saying, Oh, too much or too little water, David. That's your standard go to well, which isn't uh, true. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. Um if you you listen to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Martin Haiti is on assignment. Uh, Pomegranates, persimmons. You know, I... We're talking deciduous fruit trees now? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the, my fall harvest. Was that the wrong way to go? Well, I was going to say it was kind of random, but I, but I agree with... I knew where you were going. Kind of a random yeah. kind of guy. But I have coyotes in my neighborhood. As and I have I. ripe persimmons in my yard that are touching the ground. And they're not eating them. They're not being eaten. And I shared photos, I think, with you of them ripping branches. Ripping the tree apart. Tree <laughs> out of the, we, we lost 36 persimmons on some branches that were on the ground. So do 
What does that mean? Do, that, do I have plentiful rabbits in my uh, No, my it means that, that mine are, are – our coyotes are more – they eat a healthier diet than yours. Yours are, Oh, yeah. yours are more vegan. You have vegan, 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 vegan coyotes. <laughs> vegan I'm coyotes. okay with that. And they'll tell you that too if you ask them. Yeah, okay. Vegans. How do you know your coyote's vegan? They'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got home yesterday and I went to – check on my chicken coop and I keep them closed cuz you know what they do to Oh yeah yeah uh, somebody must have forgotten to latch the the pen last yesterday morning when I left and they had gotten out and just destroyed an area under the tree no more mulch but in addition to no more mulch there's no more weeds under there so all the grassy weeds that have come up after the rains in this area under my mulberry tree and all along the, the coop, it was all gone. But they, it was evening, so they were going home. They all put themselves back to bed. I, I put a, I think I, I told you this too, I put a four-foot high uh, fence, just some hog wire around it, just the diameter, just enough where it's on the outside of the branches, but close enough where the coyotes are deterred from jumping inside, and I've not had a problem. Well, the reason for that story was is apparently my vegan or my uh, carnivorous coyotes didn't eat my chickens either. They were all still there when I got home. Well, they didn't come out during the day this yeah. week. This week. Anyway, you may. Oh, that was start. fortunate. Yeah, it would have been a mess. <laughs> so persimmons and pomegranates, that's your fall harvest right now, right? Yes. Us too. Plentiful. <laughs> and I am gravitating towards Granada. As from, your favorite, from wonderful. Yeah, the uh, well, arrows I, are so much bigger, and they look so much better, and they are less tart. I still lean towards my parfianca. And I, I finally harvested my one fruit off of my new seedling, and I forgot to bring it to work yesterday, and I forgot to bring it to the studio this morning. A seedling pomegranate. Yeah. No. Oh. It, it sprouted under the under my arbor, so I'm assuming a bird. Now and. Our- our Poway guest, a uh, customer that comes in, Guyana, who yes. shared some pomegranates with us that I started. I gave you one. Is that growing, to your knowledge? De- de- define your term. What do you mean by growing? Is it in the ground looking like a nice, healthy pomegranate? No. Is it in a pot at least living? No. <laughs> oh. Okay. But it is kind of growing because you one could consider it kind of mulchy and being absorbed by other plants and um, – Got it, it doing its part for so it's it's okay so it's part of the it's part of the, the circle of life circle of life okay. <laughs> sort of thing yes oh lord sorry okay. well mine is doing really well it's a nice it had five, very hard five or six seeds it did a little, yeah. even a little bit hard for my taste but I'm I'm pretty excited about opening this other one up and seeing what's in there could be the the next great thing Davinsky Davinsky the Davinsky code there we go that's what we're gonna call it. How many different persimmons do you have? I only have two living persimmons. I have Both a, a fuyu, a fuyu, and an izu. Oh, an izu. Okay, which and is they're right next to yeah. each other. It's an early fuyu, supposedly. Right. I got and, no and smaller, fruit off of it, and a smaller tree. But the the fuyu is just draped with persimmons this year. Well, ours was too several weeks ago. Oh, let me rephrase that. My persimmon is still oh, okay. draped. That must be nice to the ground. Must be nice. I'll, I might bring you one. Is it is it a giant fuyu? No, regular. Or just fuyu. a regular fuyu. My my friend Ken, who lives uh, up the hill a little bit from me, has a giant fuyu, and I was told it doesn't taste as good as a fuyu, and so I've always kind of poo pooed giant fuyu, but it tastes pretty darn good. Yeah. and it's a big fruit. They're right. huge. Yeah, the yeah. tree's they no can... bigger. Right, just the, no. just the fruit is a different shape. Yeah. And he has problems with coyotes taking them off down his street. He thought I was stealing them last year when he was on vacation. I was watering, but the coyotes were coming and they were trailing them, leaving them halfway down the, the driveway. So, so how do you have so many trees in your yard? So many. How do you? Yeah. How do you keep so many so many trees in a backyard orchard? That's an excellent question, and I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, you do. So like a backyard orchard culture, what do it's you do? It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. You but buy, you plant, you nurture, you trim, you feed, you water, you trim, trim some more. Trim, trim, trim. I think that's it. Do we have anything? 
that's going to happen this that might help segue, us. This is your segue, not mine. I, you're, you're, it's well, all we, we had a, up we, there. Well, we had a, a Wednesday Wisdom last week, I believe, which called, was called the Backyard Orchard Culture because a lot of our customers, when they come in, they, they you use the word poo-poo, they look at a tree and go, I can't, I can't grow this because it gets to be 18 feet tall or something, and so I don't have enough room for this, or I only can put one tree in our yard. And the reality is you can put a great many more if you want to do the work. As you said, it takes some work. And so the Backyard Orchard Culture is the idea of um, it's not a commercial orchard, so you don't have to let a tree get so big or keep it in such a shape or plant them far enough away where you have tractors coming through to pick everything. Um, you can densely densely plant things. Sometimes you can put two, three, four trees in the same hole. Uh, and also... Um, you can do multi-grafted trees as multi-grafted well. Multi-grafted trees. And all that to say that we have the expert. We have Tom Spellman from... I'm going to be... Oh. No, no, no. The expert. Oh. Tom Spellman from one. Dave Wilson Nursery, who if you are a fruit tree guy or gal and you go on YouTube, you have seen him or you've read about him. Uh, he's The last time he was in Poway at our store was in September of 2016. And he's going to be here on November 10th at 6 p.m. for Poway teaching or presenting, rather, a class on backyard orchard culture. Great, great presentation. Great speaker. And David will be out there grilling up some complimentary Farmer John all beef franks. Wait a, that was really As well opposed done. to hot dogs. That is very, very well done. But no, Tom Spellman is, is awesome. And, and if you are interested in putting in a, a backyard orchard or you want to expand yours or learn how to maintain it so you can have more trees, come to that class. Free for all, but do but. make a reservation so we know how many people to prepare for. Yeah. yeah. So call the Poway store. 858-513-4900. Give us a after call. After 9 o'clock. Put you on the list, and so we can make sure you have a Farmer John All Beef Frank if that is what you are looking for. And we will see you on the 10th. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back next weekend with another hour. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.